Hello and welcome to this IBR Business Profile, a podcast from the Iowa Business Report. I'm Jeff Stein. In the 49th edition of our program, which aired during the first weekend of December 2020, we introduced you to Benjamin Lefevre, CEO and founder of CertainTel, based in Des Moines. His company has been recognized nationally as one of those with innovative solutions for effective remote patient monitoring, something that has rapidly gained acceptance during the pandemic. We are simply a telehealth or telemedicine business. Most understand what that is around COVID, you know, what telehealth is all about. But CertainTel was started years before COVID actually hit with a simple mission of putting tools in the hands of, at that time, mental health professionals to be able to engage patients that either struggled because they live in a more rural area or because of concerns around not letting folks know that they want to see a therapist or psychologist to allow them to do that virtually. You know, when we started that concept in 2014, it's really evolved to do a lot more. But a simple concept was allowing patients where you're at to get access to mental health services was really the start of the business. We've evolved a lot and we'll get to that where we're at today. But reason why I was started, you know, I work with a lot of behavioral health providers in my previous profession in the pharmaceutical area, helping providers treat patients around depression, schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, and saw that there was a need to allow better accessibility around that, seeing the power of connecting where patients are to improve health outcomes. And so taking my experience in healthcare, pharmaceuticals, biotech, initiating some rollouts around telehealth was really the reason for the concept of starting CertainTel. I know a lot of people in Iowa think that this is a rural issue, in other words, rural versus urban, but realistically, it's not just to help those in rural areas, although the need is there. You're also talking about various different populations across the country where we might not think at first, oh, they they have a lack of access to care. Absolutely. Access to care and accessibility is not just a rural issue. A lot of it is a socioeconomic issue and challenge of getting access to health care. You know, you may be an hourly wage worker or even in an urban setting, don't have a car. And so you still have the challenges of trying to get transportation into an in-person visit or have the choice to make to take time off of work, not get paid to go into a simple follow-up visit. And typically what happens in those settings is patients don't show up. So no-shows, accessibility absolutely is not just a rural, it's an urban, but more so a socioeconomic issue of getting access and accessibility to care. And so that kind of segues into our focus is helping those types of patients not only get access to mental health care, but also being able to be engaged at home around a chronic condition to support healthy living so they're not in the hospital unnecessarily because of their complications around diabetes and hypertension and such. But going back to your original question, it absolutely, we talk about access, accessibility. It's not just a rural, it's an urban issue, but more importantly, it's really a socioeconomic issue. You're based in Des Moines. Talk about the uniqueness of basing your national company there. Why Des Moines? Because I am sure, now again, those of us from Iowa think, well, that's that's a pretty good place to be, but I'm sure there's a little pushback from folks on the coast occasionally. Yes. When I started this venture, you know, at the time I was working for Genentech, which is the founder of Biotech, 
based in South San Francisco. So you absolutely think of the hub of startups, innovation is in the Bay Area. But a couple things. One, the choice to move back to Des Moines was because I went to school here, built some relationships here. And when we're talking about telehealth, remote engagement, connectivity, you know, we should be able to be based anywhere and still drive our program and services. But most importantly, the decision to move from San Francisco to Des Moines, Iowa, was really the community, the support, the accessibility to give me a best chance of success as I start this business. Certainly the cost of living is a factor as well. But more importantly was the business community here, the support. CertainTel would absolutely not be where it's at today. I'm confident if not making that choice to come to Des Moines, Iowa, to really be the grassroots and foundation for growth of the company. Now, you said that you had time in Des Moines previously. Tell us a bit about your background as to why that was such a natural reconnection for you. Absolutely. So, you know, grew up a Midwest kid in Indiana, but I had an opportunity, came on a visit to Drake University. You know, I also ran track with, we all know Drake Relays is an exciting event, came for a visit during that time. And it, but what really caught me was the school, the tie of academics to athletics, the community, how warm, welcome I felt when I came on my visit. At the time, I was looking at mass communications and looking to do something similar, which you do as an organization that has a great communication school. But the comfort level, track and field, not too big, not too small, good academic was how I ended up at Drake University here in Des Moines, Iowa. And that started my, my journey in, in Iowa. You had established your business pre-COVID, but obviously yeah. COVID has changed things and it doesn't appear to be letting up anytime soon, sadly, even with the possibility yeah. of a vaccine. So talk about how yeah. you as a business owner with this very unique business, how yeah. it is that you have pivoted, responded, grown as a result of this new need due to COVID-19. Certainly. You know, we were building a model tied to our technology, which is video conferencing equipment, making it accessible through HIPAA secure video, whether you're on a smartphone, on a laptop. And at that point, we had also added on the ability to support higher risk patients around chronic disease management. So what that means is allowing blood pressure cuffs, glucometers, weight scales to be placed in the patient's home and be able to engage around those real-time readings for higher risk patients. But we also saw a challenge, this is pre-COVID, not only do organizations that see these patients that are rural, urban, low-income, underserved, typically Medicare, Medicaid, they also needed support from a staffing perspective because these primary care clinics called community health centers, rural health clinics, do a great job as best they can of engaging patients around the chronic disease, but they just don't have the staff capacity to spend as much time as needed for their high-risk patients. So we took our technology and said, what if we were able to integrate highly trained staff to support these patients in home as well? And we were building this model pre-COVID, knowing it was in need, uh, looking at customer discovery over the year. But post-COVID, during the public health emergency, just the influx of need of accessibility, having to furlough staff, our model became an essential piece of what they needed to do to improve health outcomes and engage patients. So we were on this track knowing there was a need pre-COVID around engaging their high-risk patients, not with technology, but staff to coach them on self-management, how to make better choices around healthy living. With COVID, as you can imagine, the folks that were highest risk and mortality were patients with chronic conditions 
older age patients right in the wheelhouse of what we've been sharing of what we can do in partnership with these clinics. So we were probably, you know, about a thousand patients engaging in our chronic care management model. And in a short amount of time, we scaled that to over 10,000 patients and continuing to grow, you know, week over week because of the public health emergency. Now, as I look at the website at certintel.com and I look at staffing, you've got more than a half dozen people in addition to yourself. Are you all yeah. based in Des Moines or is this a matter that you're really living the remote work and the remote connection thing by having people elsewhere? Yeah, so our core team that you see on our website are folks that make everything go from operations, unbelievable team, account management, all of that. What you don't see on the website where our big growth is at is I mentioned what we call certified clinical health coaches. And so these are clinical folks that are highly trained into supporting patients around behavior change, identify gaps in care, needs, all of that. That's where our biggest growth is at. We have hired them currently all in Iowa. Everyone's working remotely out of home, utilizing our tools. It was important as we started, we wanted to continue to hire Iowa folks and to be able to have that kind of home base. But you're right, as we scale, as we partner with organizations in over 25 states, you know, we're going to be able to expand in any state because they're going to work remotely to engage patients. But certainly our core team, our senior leadership, we're going to continue to have them here in Iowa and continue to grow the team in Iowa as well. On this program, we've talked to a number of businesses who, due to the pandemic, had to shift, whether it was manufacturing or their processes, again, working from home where they never would have allowed that. And that has led them to change permanently how they do business. And I think about what you're doing, and I know my employer gave me the insurance plan, health insurance plan, for the next calendar year, and one of the new add-ons is telehealth is covered where it had not previously been. So this is really going to dramatically change your industry because folks have been, and I say this in the right way, they've been forced to try it, right? They've been given the opportunity because of circumstances, better way to phrase it. This, This may now be something that they as a matter of course, will appreciate and will accept. Absolutely. You know, there's been quite a few, uh, almost every healthcare organization, and we're no different, have really looked at, you know, patient satisfaction around telehealth. Would they do it again? And overall, consumers want it and will continue to expect it as part of their service. Anecdotally, you know, we're hearing stories of some patients saying, I don't think I'll ever go into a doctor's office again unless I truly have to. This is not going to be rolled back. Payers, to your point, from your your plans to, to Medicare to Medicaid, which is insurance for low income, are seeing the results from a cost savings perspective. And so once they see that, keeping patients out of the hospital, improving patient engagement around making better choices in their health because they're more accessible to their care team has shown its worth. And so you're absolutely right. One, consumers want it, they expect it now. And so providers that aren't providing this type of solution are gonna get left behind in regards to how their patients expect to be delivered care in certain in certain settings. And, and you're right, the biggest barrier previously was payers weren't necessarily supporting this model, allowing clinicians, care teams to get paid at the same rate for an in-person visit. 
those restrictions have been rolled back and all indications are they're going to continue to open up accessibility around payment, which is a big key from a business model and incentivizing providers to support this. And the last thing I'll say around that is that, you know, what we look at, our focus is telehealth, which is the video conferencing component. We kind of call what we're scaling and where our growth is at telehealth 2.0. Again, putting connected devices in the home to monitor these patients real time around hey, your blood pressure is a little out of whack or you haven't taken your readings, be able to send alerts, engagement and engage the patient again before bad things happen. So we're super excited about that growth and opportunity. And we're seeing Medicare, Medicaid and payers uh, starting to allow accessibility around that as well. And that to me is fascinating what you just styled as 2.0, because so many of us, when we've heard the phrase, we imagine something like this conversation Correct. on Zoom, right? I'm a patient, yes. you're the doctor, and yes. and it's limited to that. But you're talking yep. about something that's much more interactive and allows the monitoring that is just the key to health. Absolutely. And one of the uh, interesting things, and particularly around the, the public health emergency and the pandemic is, listen, we need to identify the patients that are highest risk for mortality. We know statistically it's patients with multiple chronic conditions tend to be older. We're, unfortunately, we've seen that in Iowa. But now, you know, one of the biggest indicators was knowing a patient's O2 levels, right, oxygen level and how that's changing. So now you can, you know, place a pulse ox in a patient's home, you know, monitor their, their readings and identify early where there may be an issue. And, and that type of engagement out of necessity, to your point, has happened, and, but they're seeing the results. The payers are seeing the results and lowering the overall cost of care. The big one is, you know, helping avoid hospital admissions and readmissions. And so it, it's really out of unfortunate circumstances, we're seeing a real big catalyst to how care is going to be delivered now and in the future. Let me ask you finally, this is a tremendous conversation, and you obviously sure. have great interest in the service that you're providing. What are the greatest challenges that you now see having gone through what may be just the first part of COVID, at least the 2020 part? What are some of the challenges for your business now going forward? For us, as folks are seeing providers who we partner with, these you know community health centers, rural health clinics are, are seeing the, the positive results. For us as a business, because we want to take our technology, but also provide clinical staff to support the engagement is scaling staff, right? That's that's always going to be one of the bigger challenges. We have some great partners that do that, but not just staff, but making sure our staff are trained the right way around understanding uh, cultural competency, particularly when you're dealing with patients that may, because of their social circumstances, may have a different outlook in health and all of that and, and helping them move the needle on behavior change. The other area is Again, making sure outside of Medicare, who's really stepped up, making sure state Medicaid plans and commercials also get on board with incentivizing providers around remote patient monitoring connected devices. Because until payment is there in an effective way, it's going to stymie growth from a provider perspective where you're relying more on grant funded projects as well. So so scaling our clinical staff, which we think is critical, is, is going to be one of our biggest challenges. We feel we're, we're set up for success. And then making sure the payers, state Medicaid, commercial, start to follow Medicare's lead and allowing providers to get paid for this type of engagement. Benjamin Lefevre, founder and CEO of CertainTel, the first solo black-founded telehealth company in the United States, based in Des Moines. More online at CertainTel.com. 
We spoke via Zoom on December 1st, 2020. The Iowa Association of Business and Industry is a supporter of the Iowa Business Report, radio program, and podcast. The Iowa Business Report airs weekly on dozens of radio stations across the state of Iowa, with the podcast posted right here every week, along with additional IBR extras and IBR business profiles. I'm Jeff Stein for the Iowa Business Report.